Jamie Elliott was always athletic, which you could imagine since she was a stunt woman in the movies. But things really changed for her a couple years ago when a health issue impacted not only her pickleball game, but her life. So to hear the story of Jamie Elliott, let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Jamie Elliott. Welcome, Jamie. Well, thank you very much, Lynn. Appreciate it. You've got so much going on, I know, in terms of just everything that you do. And you have a really interesting story, but I do want to start off with a little bit about how you first heard about pickleball and how long ago that was. Well, I went to my husband's high school reunion in 1990 over on Vashon Island, Washington, and one of his classmates had an outdoor court built, and we played that night in 1990, and then went back home and tried to get it going and just couldn't get any interest back then. Wow, that's hard to imagine that there was no interest in pickleball, but that was... uh quite a long time ago. Any idea why people weren't interested? Well, I'm not real sure. We were in a really remote area in Washington, so we didn't have a net and they didn't have nets really that you could probably get through grant programs. And we didn't have tennis courts. I mean, we were up in a logging town up in Washington state and most of the people there were not into sports, so it was just tough to to get it going. So then we moved from Washington State to Angel Fire, New Mexico, and so we actually, me and another girl got it going down there about 2008, 2009, something like that. It sounds like you had quite a gap between when you first played the game and until you were able to play it a little bit more regularly. Correct. And I, at the time, had two small children. So, of course, I wouldn't think that would keep me from doing things. But like I said, up in the little logging town that we lived in, and then when we moved to Angel Fire, New Mexico, my husband uh, at the time was a firefighter paramedic. So he was gone in and out a lot with things. And so trying to raise uh, three children uh, with him gone was a little difficult. So didn't get really a lot of that going. I was really into getting the kids into sports at school and things like that. So when did you have the opportunity to play a little bit more regularly in terms of pickleball? About 2009. 2010 was really when we had four girls playing in Angel Fire, New Mexico. And we set up times at the community center and went and played there. And uh, it was just the four of us. And little by little, we would get a few people to come and show interest. We posted flyers around town. We couldn't get a lot of people really interested until about a year later, and we started getting more and more players, especially from my church. And uh, they were 10 years younger than me, but we got it going about 2010 for sure. And how did it grow from there? Well, over 100 members, probably by the year 20. 14, we probably had about 100 
not that many were playing, but we had a membership. We started a club and had a membership close to 100 members at the time. Now, in terms of uh, your experience in New Mexico, I think you're in Texas right now, aren't you? I am. We have a second home. Usually it's the opposite. People have second homes up in the mountains, but that is the mountain home is our main residency. And when I retired uh, in 2015, we started utilizing a home that we had for rental property in a gated 55 or older community. And we started coming here in the winters. So we were kind of doing the opposite. I wasn't skiing much anymore. Now you've got quite an athletic background though, don't you? Yes. I mean, it started basically probably in sixth grade. I was in the junior Olympics and track and field and some swimming. And growing up, there were five children. So it was kind of hard for my parents to devote a lot of time to each of us into something that we really liked. And my father was in the Air Force and a gunsmith. And so he'd come home from rifle matches and we would end up loading ammo and unloading the weapons from the truck and the cars. And we'd go out and do a little shooting with them. But then I got involved in Junior Olympics and I just loved running. And then in high school, we didn't really have a lot of organized girl sports in Irving, Texas. Uh, where I went to high school at Irving High School, and I played the intramurals type things. And then I went on to college at Stephen F. and started playing racquetball and golf. And playing racquetball was kind of my love at the time, Um, not doing any pickleball, just playing a lot of racquetball. And then another girl and I partnered up for racquetball, and we traveled around the state of Texas, and we actually won women's state doubles for the state of Texas, I don't remember the year, but it was A division, which then they had open A, B, C, D. I think how it went. That was a long time ago. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I've always been one of these wanting to always into sports and it's just always felt good to me. I'm very surprised that we never, our paths never crossed because I was well, I was a racquetball player in my early 20s in Southern California, but I moved to Texas and I think I started playing racquetball again. I had like a long break and I started playing again in my early 40s. And I actually most recently lived in Flower Mound and played a fair amount, uh, especially down in Arlington, Texas. But yeah, interest, interesting background that you've got. Now, I know that you mentioned that you retired in 2015. What did you retire from? Well, I, I'd been in the film business as a stunt woman, and then it was just kind of hard leaving for long periods of time with the young children. And so I started working part-time at a medical clinic and became a medical assistant. And then if I had someone to watch the kids, when a film came up, I would go to that location, but I would only do short films, short type work in the stop business because I just couldn't be long gone long if my husband being a paramedic or firefighter was gone. So I kind of retired. I hung up my Screen Actors Guild card and uh, started collecting my pension when I turned 65 and then retired, of course, from the medical clinic. And, and now I've just been a free spirit since 2015. Now, you mentioned that you were a stunt woman, so I have to delve into that a little bit further it, that must have been a challenging not only from 
the idea that, you know, you've got kids and you're raising a family, but also you're in either, I guess, Texas or New Mexico. I mean, that is a long ways away from Hollywood. Well, it was. But what happens is when the film crews come in from different locations, it's set up with the, the tourism, which uh, film commission in each state that they have to hire locals. Now, me being a union, Screen Actors Guild union person, I got paid the same rate as anyone coming in from California or whatever state, got my same per diem as them. The only difference was I wasn't put up in a hotel because I was considered a local. So I didn't go very far. In in New Mexico, I went to Santa, Santa Fe and worked on some films. Albuquerque worked on some films. And then here in Texas, worked locally and then a little bit in East Texas on some films. I started doing more like car commercials for local production companies. And the car commercials were usually only a one or two day shoot. So that was really kind of my thing. And then you still get your Screen Actor Guild rate doing a commercial or a film. So a little bit different because in stunts, then you usually get a bump according to what type of stunt you do. Like a stair fall pays more, a high fall and a fire burn pays more than just driving a car. So there's all these different little bumps. I mean, you can make a lot of money in one day or just make your union rate in one day. Did you ever get hurt doing any of your stunts? I did one time. I was working on a, a spoof called that was called Paramedics. And I'm dressed up as a paramedic. And I'm going after a guy, another paramedic that's in the car. And as the car is backing out, the car turned not sharp enough. And I'm on the right-hand side of the back back right tailgate. And he backed the car out so quickly that I got caught on the side rearview mirror. And it drugged me in the parking lot. I got some asphalt burns on both my arms. But I was lucky, no bones broken no internal injuries or anything like that, just asphalt burns on my arm. So I've been pretty lucky of 20 plus years in the film business, not really getting hurt. That still sounds like it really hurt. So how did you get into being a stunt woman? Because that is a little bit of an unusual occupation. Well, it is because a lot of the stunt people are either second, third, fourth generation family members. And to be an outsider and say, you want to be a stunt person, eh, it usually doesn't happen. But it was mine was really an odd situation. I had been with a talent agency in the Dallas area, and my girlfriend called me and said, oh, they're hiring extras on the Jesse Owens story. And this was back like 1981, I believe. No, 19, let's see. Yeah, about 1981, I guess when they were filming it. And she said, let's go out and be extras. They've got the period clothes from from back during the war. And I said, I am not going to do extra work. You're treated like cattle. It doesn't promote my career. I am not going to be an extra on a film. Well, she talked me into it and we went out. And of course, we're having lunch there under the big tent. And one of the crew members sat down next to me and he was had been busy rigging something up. And so he was getting a late lunch. He sat down next to me and we found out we had some mutual friends and that we both rode dirt bikes and we both played golf. And he said, well, we have a stunt group out here. You should come out and and hang out with us doing motorcycle riding. And 
dirt bike riding and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, I'm thinking about that. Right, right. And next thing I know, I'm being brought in under their wings and taught a few things. But mainly my being, you know, athletic, I just kind of fit right in doing stuff. I only would do like partial burns. I wouldn't do a fall, a full body burn. High falls, I would only do one to two story high falls. I didn't, you know, I mean, you got to be a little bit smart. <laughs> Leave that to the more experienced people. So a one to two story high fall was as all it was all I was going to do. So anyway, I got my SAG card and was doing this over 20 years, worked a lot of films, and now I'm collecting my pension from them. Any films that we've heard of? Yeah, now of course, some of the people listening to this may not have been born at that time, but I worked on the first RoboCop. I worked on Hands That Rock the Cradle. I worked on Dante's Peak. Let me see here on my resume. I worked on a film with Dennis Quaid and uh, Meg Ryan. I worked on that for about three months, uh, and that was called DOA. And that was really a fun film to work on because I doubled like three different people in that film. And actually, one of the stunts that I did, Dennis Quaid did his own stunt, but I doubled his ex-wife, and I get hit on the head with a toy Ferris wheel, and fall into Dennis Quaid's arms and he backs up with me in his arms and we fall into a Christmas tree. That was fun. Can never say you had never fallen into a Christmas tree before. I love that story. All right. Well, let's circle back to pickleball because you started many years ago, first being introduced to the game. And I think here recently you had some health challenges that resulted in you actually not being able to really play pickleball for a while. Yeah, it was for me being healthy all my life. And at 68 years old, healthy, never, I mean, working at a doctor's office, I could probably say on one hand, how many times I was ever sick. And at 68 years old, I just thought I'm going to outlive my parents and my grandparents what they when they died. So I had, we're not real sure about this, but I slipped and fell on some ice there in Angel Fire and I hit my head and hit my back. And about for six months, I was having a little bit of a backache and I thought, well, it was from all the golf and pickleball I was playing. And I worked real hard at the time to get my rating up to a 4.5. And of course, then after a few tournaments, it dropped it back down to a 4.0. But anyway, I went into the doctor finally after being on taking the ibuprofen and my doctor sent me over to the hospital in Taos and they found a mass on one of my ribs. Don't know if that, I mean, that's where I hit my rib when I fell, but we don't know if that was caused by it, but it was a, a tumor on the rib, which is a, a bone cancer, a soft tissue bone cancer. So in March of 2018, I had four ribs removed didn't make my waist look any smaller, though. Four ribs removed and lots of physical therapy. And within four months, I was back playing pickleball, went to Albuquerque and competed in the Senior Olympic Games and took a silver medal with my doubles partner. I fought for the gold, but we ended up uh, losing in the third match and took a silver medal. So I felt like I was on the mend. And every three months, I had to have my MRI and CT test. Every three months, everything was going great. And then in 2019, January of 2019, they found another mass on my spine. So March, 
Then a year to date, March 2019, I had the surgery on my back. And because it was so vascular, uh, they had trouble getting it out. The part of the tumor is still on, on my spine, but we did radiation. But it paralyzed both my legs. And of course, I never did think, oh, what am I going to do now with my life? Blah, blah. I mean, I just knew I would be back walking. And in the hospital, 33 days, lots of physical therapy, come home, lots of physical therapy, but I can barely walk. I mean, I'm using a walker at the time, and my husband's following behind me on the walker with a wheelchair. And I knew I'd get back. So then I went to physical therapy, and I'm still doing physical therapy three days a week. Two days is a water tank, and one day is strengthening. I am actually walking now. I walk like a robot, but I'm walking. I'm not stable enough to play pickleball standing. So I bought a sports wheelchair last January, not last month, but January of 2021. I bought a sports wheelchair, named him Barney after Barney McCallum, one of the founders of pickleball from 1965. And I played in my first tournament in my wheelchair, the Hall of Fame tournament. We played against Hall of Famers. And that was really fun playing with, against actually Jennifer LaCour, Alex Hamner, Steve Peranto. Didn't we beat, I mean, we didn't beat him any games, but we got points on him. And then I played wheelchair doubles and we took a silver medal in wheelchair doubles, but we didn't have very many teams in that event. So I'm just going out and playing, and I'm signed up to play in the U.S. Open in April. So I say, when there's a wheel, there's a way. I absolutely love that quote. And I believe, too, that you got uh, your teaching certification in your wheelchair, too. I did. The owner of IPTPA, Seymour Rifkin, I contacted him and told him that I had taken a class but somehow the instructor had flaked out. And I don't think it was a legit class. And I said, I'm in a wheelchair now or playing in a wheelchair. Can I take your class? He said, sure. It doesn't hurt to have wheelchair teachers, which I've been teaching beginner clinics. I'll stand or sit in my chair. But he, he went ahead and I got my certification. And I'm just, I go out about three days a week and play in my chair. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to maneuver it, how to turn it. But it's interesting to play in a chair because you're sitting lower. If they go at you, the opponent goes with at you with the ball, it's hard to get out of the way. So you get hit a few times. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Now, do you have a, do you know your long-term prognosis? Will you be able to have enough balance, do you think, to get back on the court standing on your two feet? Well, my plan is to, but my neurologist says with a spinal cord injury, it's when the brain communicates with this, when the brain communicates with the spine, I'm doing things with my legs that my doctors didn't think I would walk again. I mean, I couldn't wiggle a toe or my foot or any of my toes on my right leg for about six plus months. Well, now, like I said, I'm walking um, in the house like a robot, but I'm walking, but I don't feel stable enough right now to stand up and play. Now, I have been going out to the courts and standing 
and serving the ball and I can serve just fine, I can go up to the non-volley zone and just dink with people on the other side of the net and just dink with them. But then I've got to sit and rest a little bit. It's all good. If if I don't, I have had a great time of playing pickleball for 10 years, played competitively for 10 years. So if I don't, it's all good because there's newer and younger people coming in. And that's what we need to do is the younger people are the future of pickleball and keeping it going. So I work with the young kids and then with the wheelchair people. If anyone in this area is disabled and wants to learn and play in a chair, I certainly go out with them and let them use my chair or let them use Barney. All right. Well, I am so glad to hear that you are still on the courts enjoying pickleball. You've got such a great story, Jamie. I just want to ask you if there's anything else that you want to add before we get done here. Well, I was going to say it was kind of ironic because you mentioned it was in the issue of November, December 2017 pickleball magazine. And it was an article on my life and my stunt work and everything. And then the next month's when I got diagnosed with cancerous tumor, I thought, wow, what happened here? So Anyway, Lynn, it's all good. I know there's people worse off than I have it. And I just want to be someone that is positive, motivated, and show people there's more to life than just laying in bed and watching TV or staying at home. You've got to get out. You've got to be around positive people and around positive things going on in life. That is so well said. And it was great to have you on today, Jamie, on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for calling and having me on this. I do appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.